What's going on, party people? This is Edgar Otra Vez, bringing you another episode of the Flow Road Podcast. Now, today on the show, my co-host is Not My Cousin Dan, and we're going to be talking about the movies of Stephen Chow. Now, if you're new to the show and you like things like movies, combat, sports, jiu-jitsu, and, and you like hearing about real-life stories with interviews and other things like that, you can go to theflowroadpodcast.com. There you'll find a complete catalog of all our episodes and a store where you can purchase some Flow Roll merchandise. So, I love the movies of Stephen Chow, but of course, now my cousin Dan is a huge fan. And uh, we go deep. We go really nerdy on this one. So, I hope you like it. Now on with the show. Cool. All right. So, welcome to another episode of the Flow Roll Podcast. This is Edgar Otra Vez. And today on the show... We have my homie, not my cousin Dan, back on the show. What's up, brother? Dobranos, cabrone. What's up, cabron? Uh, <laughs> I just called you cabrones. You're multiple cabrones. I'm, I'm more than one cabron, all in one. You are You are all all the cabrones, cabrones wrapped up in a single cabron. Yes, I'm intense. I'm, I'm a cabron uh, with a concentrate. Yeah, there you go. He's so, uh, pull you out of the freezer and mix you up in a pitcher and now you got 10 times the cabron that's right just dilute my ass it's pretty yeah. brown <laughs> <laughs> oh shit man oh dude i miss you man you're you're fucking you're you're fun man you're so much fun dude oh fucking shit dude it's, it's just like for a minute there man you and me in the podcast we were like two times a week Oh, I know. I miss it. I really do. Yeah. And I mean, I should be able to get back on it now because it the the move is done, dude. Like, I'm the- not I'm not scrambling. I, there's nothing that I'm scrambling for anymore. Mm. The only thing that I have to scramble is to get unpacked now that mm. I'm moved into the new place. And frankly, I, I can do that at my leisure. So it's it's yeah. not like I, I don't feel the time pressure like I had. So you know, that's the only reason why. I, why I think we kind of backed off was, yeah. or at least I backed off was I just didn't have the availability, man. Well, I mean, you got big boy stuff to do, you know, and, and I wanted to give you that space. And but, dude, man, I, whatever it is you're doing, I, I told you right when I saw you, man. Like, there's something you got that glow, bro. You got that. I got that glow. Kiss you, my converse. <laughs> you, I mean, I don't know what it is, but like, whatever you're doing is good for you. I could tell, man, because you like you. You, you you got like a tan or something. You, I'm telling you, you, dude, make good decisions and eat eating plant based. Yeah. Although I can't even say like I eat mostly plant based. I, I, I eat the eggs and I eat the cheese. I uh-huh. like they're good, but that shit makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, like seriously. I mean, and I'm not just saying. Well, that, so the, the yeah no, I appreciate that. I, yeah. And you gotta also remember, I think the last time we talked was right after. We were we wrapped up that challenge. Mm-hmm. We wrapped up the ten percent less human challenge, and we were and, we were fucking tired of it. We were no, nobody was happy. Nobody <laughs> nobody had that glow. Cousin cousin Danny cousin Danny won. Yeah, cousin not my cousin Dan didn't win. Cousin. Cousin close Dan. a couple of times. It was, thought, it was competitive. It yeah. Was, it was not, it like, it was not really, uh, uh, oh, it's going to be this guy or that guy thing. Yeah. It was competitive. It could yeah. have been anybody's game. And then cousin Danny came in and won and he 
what, like he looked great at the end of it, but he didn't he have did. that glow. He looked great, but exhausted. Everybody was fucking and, tired of it. And all of us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, so maybe a month of not doing that has, uh-huh. has uh, had, and also getting all this other shit done. Mm-hmm. I mean, think of like, in all honesty. So the last two months for me have been prepping my house, getting the house on the market, selling the house, getting it all packed and ready to move, getting the move all scheduled, finding a new place to live. In between that, I took three trips for work. Oh, man. I was yeah. on the road for three weeks in, in, in the middle of all of that. I mean, yeah, it's been a fucking ride, to, to be honest. Yeah. But I'm here. And here's the thing. For all of you Chicago folks who may be listening, all, all six people who listen are probably from <laughs> Chicago. I, I just moved to Milwaukee, and this town is amazing. Wow. It's, really? like, it's, it's like the best kept secret. I can't understand why more people aren't talking about how cool this town is. It's amazing. It's like if you took Chicago and combined it with kind of Portland, Oregon, and so you made you, you took Chicago but made it like – a little bit more like liberal progressive kind of, uh-huh. and, and you actually added some nature to it, like, like actual good hiking paths and biking paths. And then within a 20 minute drive, there's like actual honest to God nature to be found, not just like little pockets of nature. Mm-hmm. This is a great city. Like it's amazing. It's amazing. I wow. am. I am pretty thrilled with this place. I, I think I made a really good decision. That sounds fantastic, man. And, mean, I'm not, and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with Chicago. Like, I don't want to be taken that way. There's mm. no, like, competition here, right? Yeah. Like, it's not like there's a rivalry or anything. It's just like, wow, this is like Chicago, but without all the stuff that I hate about Chicago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm from Chicago. I love Chicago. But yeah, you know, I, I get tired of Chicago, man. I mean, I moved out of the city to live in the burbs. I love living in the burbs, you know. Yeah. yeah. But I was a city boy for a long, long time. From oh from, yeah, up to this point. I was, oh, me I was too. Just, you know, I mean, different story, different stories. You know, you you grew up, you know, Latino kid on the south side. I mm-hmm. grew up Polish kid on the north side. You know, yeah. but but both of us ended up having kind of. The same result, which is by the time we got to being adults, it was like, I got to get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Absolutely, dude. It's just like, uh, I mean, living in the city is fun, but that shit's only cool for so long before you're like, you know what? Fuck this place. <laughs> well, no, it, yeah. living, living in the city. Well, now, I, I mean, I'm living in the city now. It's just mm-hmm. a much a much smaller city. But yeah. um, I mean, it's still a it's still a legitimate city. You know, Mm -hmm. it's big enough to be a legitimate city, but like living in the city is great until you hit that age where it's like, hey, you know what sounds awesome at nine o'clock at night? Going to bed. Yes, that that is kind of the defining moment, I think, that a lot of people hit where they're like, I don't I don't know if living in the city is for me anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I was never much of a bar guy or going to like the clubs or, I, you know, I mean, I did that stuff, but I was never much for that. Well, um, yeah, you're not a big drinker. And, and like yeah. when I was younger and again, you witnessed some of this, but w- when I was younger, I 
I liked the bars too much, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that was like part of my getting out into the burbs kind of thing was I can't keep living like this, man. Yeah. I can't do I'm <laughs> If I keep, I, I again, I, I've said this on the podcast before. I guarantee you that there are plenty of people out there who like, if you, you were like, Hey, you remember that Dan guy? They'd be like, is he dead? He's gotta be dead. Right. Dude. Dude, I made them. I remember making the mistake of trying to keep up with you on uh, on the booze. <laughs> and a lot of people have made that mistake. I I don't. I've done that a, a handful of times where it's just like I didn't realize I was I was keeping up. You know, like you and and uh, I don't know if you ever met uh, Brandon, but a friend of mine, Brandon, like you guys, you guys. Oh, have, I met Brandon. You met Brandon. Yeah, you I guys have an incredible tolerance for booze. And here I am, he's pouring himself one and he's pouring me one. You know, it's kind of like the same thing that happened with us when we've with the, the few times that we've been out and, and you know, yeah. drinking. And, and it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just drinking because yeah. you're drinking, you know, and, yeah. and then they fill up our drinks and then I'm drinking with you. Next thing you know, I'm like, oh, fuck, I am smashed. And- yeah. Well, there's a trade off there. There's a trade off with that. Like, yeah. I have a pretty high tolerance and and Brandon probably has a pretty high tolerance too. the trade off with that is also our livers probably don't work. (laughs) We're also probably going to die young. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully you guys stop that shit. But, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know, Uh, there's I I like to think that there's enough room in, in life for, you know, quite a few hangovers and a few ass kickings, you know, like where you get, you get your ass really handed to you. You got enough brain brain cells for all that. But if you do any of that too much. Oh no. And I'm, I have a feeling we're both, we're both, I think a couple of years ago, both of us hit that age where all of a sudden, all of those past mistakes, all those things that we did when we were younger, getting into fights, riding ATVs, getting into crashes, drinking too much, whatever, all of that stuff that we did when we thought we were indestructible is suddenly starting to catch up with us where like my knees shouldn't hurt this much. What did I ever do to my knees? Well, Dan, (laughs) here's the list. If you want to go over it, here are the things that you did to your knees. You didn't notice it at the time, but you know, Oh, dude. Yeah. There's that there's that thing where it's just like I'm getting up and I'm like, what the fuck is this pain? And and then my wife is like, oh, that's that's called arthritis. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, my God. I have. So I found out a few years ago that I have uh, arthritis in my spine, you know, but it's not like it's like the beginnings of it, you know, Mm -hmm. and and it's just like every once in a while it'll like flare up. And, wow. I, you know, do you remember, do you remember being a kid and like seeing your grandparents like hobbling around, you yeah. know, and wondering like, what the hell happened to you? You yeah. know how, and they would be like, oh, it's the arthritis. And it's like, how could it hurt that much? It's just, it's just, what is it? Oh my God. Yeah. I have never, like when I get the the pain in my spine, like I've never felt anything like it. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And there are people out there who like they just exist with that you know that's just how they exist and it's like they they continue to function perfectly normally yeah yeah it's funny because i've seen plenty of boxers walking around and when they're not in the ring they are 
hobbling around. They're like a mess, right? They're like, yeah, they're yeah. walking with a cane, all that stuff. The moment they step in the ring and they get in their boxing stance, it's like nothing ever happened to them. They're, right. they're just it's, as lethal as they were. Yeah, it's all over like again. when you're watching football players or hockey players, like you're watching a, a, a game and those guys, like they're out on the field and somehow, some way, probably, you know, steroids and whatnot, probably, mm-hmm. but like somehow, some way on the field, they're just fine. And then off the field, they're barely mobile. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, <laughs> I know this is a movie, but like, remember when Yoda was fighting in that, what yeah. was that, yeah. was it, that yeah. second movie? Was in, it that uh, second? It was uh, the end the, of the second one, the yeah. end of the Attack of the Clones. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Where he's like hobbling around and he fights, uh, was it Doku and then he's or whatever like his name is? Flying all around the walls and stuff. Yeah. Exactly. I was like, holy shit. I know people like that. Yeah. <laughs> right. All right. So here. Let's do this. Let's yes. talk Stephen Chow. So Stephen Chow is the subject matter for today, and we're going to talk about the movies that he has done. So let's start with some of the obvious ones, like uh, God of Cookery. and God of Cookery is my favorite. Dude, that movie's hilarious. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but like God of Cookery and Shaolin Soccer are almost the same fucking movie, you know? Yeah, it's, it's just what one is about applying the the secret wushu arts yeah to soccer yeah and the other one is about applying the secret wushu arts to cooking (laughs) right yeah yeah well there i mean there there is a fundamental difference between the two there's a fundamental difference well but uh, but let's let's get into it let's talk about stephen chow first of all i guess he decided like fresh, like straight out of high school that he wanted to be in movies. Wow. Really? You know? And so he started auditioning right away and, uh, and kept getting rejected and, uh, and took some like night classes and, and some, some acting classes and whatnot. And he was on a children's show. Wow. He was on a children's show in Hong Kong. So, okay, let's walk it back. I'm getting all out of order here. <laughs> Stephen Chow is at this point, I think it's fair to say a legend in Hong yes. Kong cinema. Yes. And his movies have a very distinct flavor to them. Yes. They, they're not all about martial arts, but for the most part, it's a, it's a, the main thematic element. Yeah. My, um, my, my favorite thing about the fact that it's not all about martial arts is that he's done a handful of martial arts movies, but he never got any real martial arts training. No. Until no, he, he did has, Kung Fu Hustle. Until he did Kung Fu Hustle, right. <laughs> yeah. And he did he did a number of martial arts movies before Kung Fu Hustle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, but anyway, so he's, he 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 hosted a children's television show called Space Shuttle 430. And it's like it's it's funny because it's it's like you you hear this all the time, like with other children's shows like Barney and and Blues Clues and whatnot. Where he's like, this guy, he doesn't like kids. He, he had no interest in, in kids, but that's the job that he could get. You yeah, know? yeah. And and I think that might be where some of his goofy sensibilities come from, because a lot of his movies, it, they have this weird feeling like it's a kid's movie, but made for grownups. Yes, because uh, a lot of the themes, a lot of the characters that he plays they're like 
real assholes. <laughs> you know, yeah. they're like, oh, yeah, his characters have almost, I mean, usually the movies follow a similar path mm-hmm. and they, they follow kind of a very standard hero's journey kind of structure. But but for you, usually for the first half of the movie, his characters are not endearing. No, they, they you don't like them and you're not necessarily rooting for them. No, it's a good point, because in uh, God of Cookery, he starts off as a villain. Like he is a villain. Like like he's not like. He's not an like you said an endearing character, but he has like a redemption arc in a lot of these stories, like in both Kung Fu Hustle and in and in uh, even in Shaolin Soccer. Although he's not really a jerk in the beginning of the movie, he does end up being a little bit of a jerk. Yeah, uh, uh, through the movie, which is always kind of like the way he treats women, you know. And- oh, oh yeah, uh, the word problematic describes the way that the characters treat women, but I actually feel like even going back to some of the earlier films where you might not expect it, uh, the women characters kind of have power and they have their own agency to a degree. I mean, look, there's some clearly kind of like chauvinistic, misogynistic stuff that goes on. Absolutely. But, but the, the women characters are, are usually they, they have power and they, they, they carry respect. And so, I mean, that's worth something, I I guess. Well, in, for example, in Shaolin soccer, like you said, the women have the power, right? So like, like he mistreats a lot of these women, but it's part of the arc for the character right like yes he's yeah. an asshole yes a lot of what he does is un is 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 not really acceptable but uh in the end he comes around right he 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 realizes he's made a mistake the whole time so for example in shaolin soccer the girl who ends up playing the goalie uh she has really bad acne the whole movie right and then at a couple yeah. she makes attempts to try to be you know uh attractive for for yeah. steven shallow's character mm-hmm. and and it doesn't work out but until finally she decides to shave her head and even when she shaves her head and her, her acne clears up uh this guy still makes fun of her he's still like oh et don't don't come here go home <laughs> yeah right you know? yeah he's not yeah he's not nice he's not nice but then like he still he still looks past all the shortcomings so like you know in some cases women with short hair or women with no hair would be deemed unattractive but he still like sees her and then in middle of the of of the finale he falls in love with her right and uh it's it's kind of like the theme that he uh, what happens with the women in this in these in these movies he yeah. he, mis- he starts mistreating them then he realizes oh these women these women are amazing. Yeah. And now right. he falls in love with them in spite of their shortcomings. Right. Yeah. Right. Or, you know, he realizes what he was identifying as a shortcoming was really not a shortcoming. It was yeah. part of their strength. It was part of their character. Yeah. It was part of what made them who they are. Yeah. And, and he kind of has to come to that realization before he can really fall in love with them. You know, those characters, they're very, uh, uh what's the word uh they're they're kind of they're superficial right they're really superficial selfish characters yeah and, no, uh, yeah 
and part of the part of the the redemption arc is him getting past all that and, and getting right you know realizing that there's more and to people than just the superficial again like with, with these movies being so much like kids movies but made for adults like they're not complex no there's the storytelling's not complex it's it's very formula mm-hmm. but but so the story follows a formula but it's got this cladding of wackiness yes that helps the helps the movies transcend into being something completely different you know uh like what david cronenberg does for horror is what stephen chow does for uh comedy i guess yeah i mean these these movies are comedies yeah you know um but so anyway like his background it's kind of an interesting background because he was started acting uh hosting this children's show and then he had a run of like dramatic roles on tv where he kind of like a kind of like a parallel to like johnny depp where where he's playing these dramatic TV roles and then and then he he made a movie called All for the Winner in 1990 which is like a comedy spoof of God of Gamblers oh nice and God of Gamblers is a John Woo movie about uh, basically like an autistic guy oh really i didn't know that who, who uh, who I haven't seen it in a long time, so I might be, but he can count cards. Hmm. Uh, and, and so he made this kind of comedy. I, I have not seen all for the winner, but it's this comedy take on, on God of gamblers. And that's where I, that's kind of where this whole comedy thing came from for him, which is making comedic spoofs of Kung Fu movies. And it's it, they're fascinating because, yeah, they're they're Kung Fu comedies, but they as much as they make fun and as much as they make jokes about it, like he clearly has a reverence for martial arts cinema. Yes. The way that he makes the movies. Yes. Which is yeah. funny, again, because he never he's not made, a martial artist. He's not really a martial all. artist at all. No. no, has no no training whatsoever. I love that about him. I love that about him. I, I think it's just like it just goes to say is like, OK, you can do whatever you want, regardless of what you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's persistence, so, baby. So as far as being a director, as far as directing movies, he actually only has 11 movies. That's a lot. I mean, I, I mean that's that's a lot. It's a lot more than I've made. Yeah. Well, I mean, directing um, wise. Yeah, it's a lot, you yeah. know. Uh, but so his, the movies that he directed go back like from Beijing to 1994 in order uh, uh, from Beijing with love forbidden city cop, the God of cookery, which is my favorite, not his best, but my favorite <laughs> uh, King of comedy Shaolin soccer. Then uh, he made a, a, a TV movie. Directed Kung Fu Hustle in 2004. CJ7, which was kind of his take on, I think, like E.T. Yeah. Uh, Journey to the West. 
the mermaid which i haven't seen and then the new king of comedy which came out in 2019 i haven't seen either of those two i don't know anything about them yeah i don't know anything about the new king of comedy and i don't know anything about the like i know i've seen the trailers for the mermaid and i've seen the journey to the west uh it's supposed to be like the journey to the west is supposed to be like a series of movies and they're actually made like yep. I, I believe they made a journey to the west the demon strike back which is a you know a sequel but i guess they're making like some kind of trilogy or something and and there's going to be a series of these journey to the west movies because what they are is they're supposed to be the uh the uh, monkey king story so that's that's what he's okay yeah all so right th that's what that tale is supposed to be about uh as far as like what's going on in them and stuff i they're bananas they're yeah like, I, I don't understand I, a goddamn thing it doesn't matter if it's you know it could be translated it could be not it could be dubbed it doesn't yeah, matter they're they're You're not gonna understand them <laughs> journey to the west goes goes pretty far off the wacky deep end yeah uh and like i can't even speak to that movie clearly because i i never i didn't make it through uh like i've tried on a number of occasions to make it through and i love stephen chow movies but i just don't know what's happening i don't get it i mean i see demons and stuff and there's fights and but i does it doesn't make any sense to me and i don't know if it's because they're trying to be uh loyal to the source material or if it's just you know stephen chow is just a wacky writer you know uh i think i think it Part of it is Stephen Chow is a wacky, you know, director. Yeah, and I guarantee you, there's a ton of like cultural nuance and and subtlety that we're missing when we watch it. His Completely. Movies. Yeah. But especially the older movies, uh, God of Cookery in particular, there is a flavor to those movies that is just so it's they're all so weird. Yeah. Yeah, and they, they, I, I don't know how else to describe it. They're, they're weird. They, they kind of like, in certain ways, it reminds me of story of Ricky hmm. uh, in that, like, this is clearly kind of a send up of the genre, but he's not really making fun of the genre. He's not really making fun of anything in particular. They're just wacky. Yeah. His humor is funny though too because he he he's he's kind of mean to people and it's yeah. funny how he's mean to people but the he's also they're they're also mean to him like they really right. kick the shit out of him in some of these movies right well like, and and I think that's part of the story right because he's yeah. he's a jerk yeah and the whole time he's being a jerk in every single one of the movies it's a pretty standard theme the whole time he's being a jerk things don't work out for him yeah. And like the goals that he's chasing, are, he's not achieving them. And it's like he's digging himself deeper and deeper in holes. And then there's always the the transitional moment where he realizes that he's being a jerk. Yeah. And decides to make a change, you know, and that's when things start going right. Well, like going back to the like the wacky humor. So, for example, in Kung Fu Hustle, uh, uh, he's what was he trying to do with the knife remember he was trying to throw it or something and every time no, his buddy his friend his friend was trying to throw the knife yeah. to throw a knife and he reaches back to to like wind up and stabs him in the arm 
And then he turns around and he's and Stephen, the Stephen Chow character is sitting there looking at the knife sticking out of his arm. I'm like, what did you just do? Yeah. And yeah. the guy, the guy, like, oh God. And he grabs it and pulls it out. And he's like, Stephen Chow like goes, ah. And the guy's like, oh, sorry. And he puts it back in. It's so crazy. It's so crazy, man. He's so wacky. You know, like that yeah. humor. And it's yeah, it's, it's like really it's kind of like a like a Fairly Brothers kind of slapstick yeah. quality to it. Yeah. It's got like a like yeah, like a like a not a Drew Carey. What's his that like uh Carey, uh Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. He's got a, a little, little bit of bit. a Jim Carrey kind of flavor to because yeah. it's like so outlandish and silly, but it's funny and it's yeah. like stupid funny, you know? It's just right. like you know nobody yeah. would do that, but it's still fucking funny, you know? Right. Yeah, it's exactly it. And 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 then Kung Fu Hustle in itself. We we did an episode where I mean I think I spent half an hour talking about. Kung I love Fu Kung Fu Hustle. Hustle. It's great. I, I love that. That's that's like his masterpiece. You see, for me, Shaolin Soccer is the masterpiece. I'm trying not to talk about Shaolin Soccer. That's how much I love it. We'll we'll save it to the end. We'll yeah, okay. save it, but, <laughs> or 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 whatever. Yeah. But 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 Kung Fu Hustle does all of this kind of genre flopping. Yeah. Because there's song and dance numbers and then <laughs> yeah. there, there's song and dance numbers. And then they have these like ridiculous slapstick moments. Yeah. And then they have like a cartoon sequence where it's, it's uh, the uh, what's her name? Um, the old woman. Yeah. Yeah. Is, yeah. is chasing him through the streets and, and they're like and running like, like a, Bugs Bunny. It's and, like and a Bugs Runner. Bunny. Right. Yeah. It's a Wiley Coyote Roadrunner chase. And it's very it it looks like it's a tribute to that. It looks like it's homage the way that it's done. And and so it just Kung Fu Hustle does all of this. This weird. It, it's so many different things. There's some amazing fucking fight scenes in Kung Fu yes. Hustle. So like one of my favorite things about the premise of Kung Fu Hustle in particular is that there is that there that there is a a a neighborhood where all these old masters are just hanging out, just and, hanging living, out. and just living out their days. And, and, and they're not, they're not going around kicking ass or anything anymore. It's almost no, like they're retired. They're retired. They want a quiet life. Exactly. It's almost like a retirement resort for, for old Kung Fu masters. Cause everybody there is a Kung Fu master. It seems. And like when they get attacked, when gang, when, when gangsters keep showing up to attack them, all, like every shop owner in the neighborhood comes out and they happen to be a master of this, a master of that. Like the tailor who seems a little maybe feminine or whatever, yeah. he's like a Kung Fu master, you yeah. know? And, and, and so like you would never see it. And like my favorite thing is, is that even though they're, they're, they're masters and they're retired and, and maybe you would think, oh, maybe they're not as good as they used to be. There's still little hints of the people they were in the past hanging out. Yeah. So like yeah, there's details. If you pay attention in the background, there's little details that cue it, that yes. cue it up. So like when he goes to defend the the neighborhood, the the tailor knocks down some some poles, and the poles have the rings, and so he pulls these rings, right. the rings into his arms, and it's part of his fighting style. And he goes out and kicks ass. It's just fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. And all of the actors were kung fu uh, martial arts film veterans. Yes. That's my favorite uh, it, part. That, that that movie was uh, 
it was a tribute to so many things. And it, I don't think anything, I have very few criticisms that I feel like I can make of that movie. You see, the thing is that movie, it wasn't until we had that one podcast where we talked about this movie a little bit, where I realized, oh shit, this is a masterpiece. You know, yeah. like, I just don't know all the details, all the backstory. Cause the landlady like hadn't done Kung Fu movies in years. Right. And then Stephen Chow, and, like you said, in that one episode, begged her to be in the movie. Yeah. 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 You know, and it, it, it's a fantastic movie. Uh, and the guy, uh, what was uh, the landlord? The, no, no, no. The big bad guy. The beast What was his name. The beast. Si he was another Lee. guy who hadn't done anything in like 20 years. Yeah. But he, he was a big deal in his day. It's you know, fucking it's it's fucking dope. Like and so then, like, I don't know, there's so many cool things about that movie. Uh, but I mean, going back to like the like some of the action scenes, like there's he he likes the 3D, man. I love yeah. how much he loves the 3D because he put it in Shaolin Soccer. And even though it was a little forced, uh, I still loved it. Like, I still I still loved every bit of it, you know? Like, yeah, I know that's CG, and yeah, I know, well, he, but I don't but care. He was clearly just having fun. Absolutely. And, and I think he dispersed some of that. Like, some of the the criticism that you could levy at, at it for the CG and 3D effects. Number one, at the time, they were actually pretty good. Yeah. For 2004, they were pretty good. But also by putting in all of that cartoony stuff and all of the slapstick, it kind of diffuses that criticism a little bit. I agree. Yes. That's a good point. Because if the whole movie has a bit of a cartoonish flavor, when the effects look a little cartoonish, it's okay. And then some of the effects were actually, and you know, I haven't watched it. I watched it before we did the episode where we talked about it, but that was like a year ago now, I think. Uh, so that would be the last time I watched it. But some of the effects even now are quite stunning. Like the, um, <clears throat> the guy, the, the two blind brothers who come and they play the, 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 music. the instrument and they yeah. play the music and the music is blades. Like a music throws these kind of, imaginary sort of ethereal blades that cut people up that's actually quite striking that that is one of like one of my favorite fight scenes in kung fu history yeah it's so imaginative and so cool uh i i, I think it's dope it's so dope because like because you know like the old masters are fighting these guys who are throwing chi music right. you know blades at them it's so fucking cool yeah so let's talk because it's it's probably the oldest movie in his repertoire that I'm thoroughly familiar with. Let's go all the way back to God of Cookery. Yes. And it's probably the one that you've watched most recently. Yes, it is. And you didn't know this existed I until did. I told you about it. You what? Like I knew God, this of, God of Cookery. Oh no, I knew this movie existed oh, okay. before, before. Before I've never seen it until you uh, sent me the link for it. So God of Cookery came out in 1996, which was like the height of Iron Chef when Iron Chef was becoming this worldwide phenomenon. I meant to ask you about that. I wasn't sure if that was that was the case for this movie, but I'm glad you you made that note. 
and it it's poking fun at the Iron Chef or I don't know. Well, I mean, it's definitely poking fun directly at Iron Chef, uh, but it's also it's poking fun at the whole like concept of celebrity chefs. And so the movie starts out with he's the god of cookery. Stephen Chow plays the god of cookery, which who is Hong Kong's best, most well-known celebrity chef. And his his ego is so huge, <laughs> and he probably you know hasn't cooked anything in years, you know. And it and it even opens up with this: he's judging a cooking competition, and these chefs are preparing these extremely artistic, complex meals, and he just tears them to shreds. And it's the kind it, like he says the kind of stuff that you know. You've heard Gordon Ramsay say to people on TV, you know, yeah. you know like he's he's horrible. He's yes. absolutely horrible. He's browbeating and humiliating these people. And then he does this kind of it's supposed to be like a sugar sculpture that he does. And he just kind of waves the brush around and he kind of creates this magical thing. But you find out afterwards that, well, they didn't actually use sugar. They kind of made this kind of acrylic that that works really well and kind of holds its shape and, and stuff like that. So like he's cheating. Yeah. You know, uh, and he's he's you know, he it's the, the story basically is like he wouldn't have gotten there had he not had the skill. But he's been at the top for so long that that all he cares about is being on top. He, and he's, he's not out there cooking or, or doing anything. And his whole, he's got this whole empire built on like licensing and, and products and, and selling food and, and supermarkets and stuff. And then a challenger comes along and challenges him for the crown, uh, uh, challenges him to a, a cooking competition. And and then like all of the other people are, are kind of sick of him, so they rig the competition so yeah. that that he'll lose. But then he loses, and then it, and he has to go kind of he gets like banished basically from Hong Kong, and he loses everything, and he kind of has to find himself again. Yeah, well, to your point, Iron Chef came out. The first uh, season came out in 1993. This movie came out in 1996. So you're yeah. right. Yep. Of course I'm right. I'm <laughs> You're the Wikipedia. Some people, know, some people know Kung Fu. I know my IMDb. <laughs> um <laughs> So anyway, um so I, and then there's like all of these complex stories that come together, but he finds this woman <laughs> who makes <laughs> She makes these pissing shrimp balls. Piss, pissing shrimp balls. That's right. <laughs> and, and the way she makes them is she takes shrimp and just pounds it flat with these sticks until it's just this paste. And she makes little meatballs and then sticks a little like frozen cube of broth in the middle of them. And people bite into these. It's people bite into the balls, and then they have these like visions of fantasies. And <laughs> like, oh my god, it's so delicious! And they 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 get transported to an ethereal realm of yeah. happiness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and so uh, he kind of works with her. Yeah. 
to to market these pissing shrimp balls. Well, they become and kind of reclaim reclaim the is is glory. Yeah, right. But like, no. What what happened was it's not shrimp balls exactly. It's it's uh they they had a fight with another group. Remember, and then well, they, but yeah. So there's they, these they, street fights. There's these yeah. street fights between the street vendors and like the street vendors have gangs and they're fighting with like machetes and shit. There's <laughs> <laughs> like a West Side Story style street fight between yeah. the street vendor gangs, and then she comes out with her pissing shrimp balls. but like yeah eventually they unite and they came they came together because the other guy had like uh beef balls and she had the pissing shrimp balls right and and they united the two groups and recipes and made pissing beef balls right yeah and that's what ends up mark they market and that's how they like he came back because he made all this money and all this notoriety and and uh, all along the way, like you're like you were saying, like those the, the antagonists try to like undermine all his efforts. But what ends up happening is he still comes up on top. Like they 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 gave him they forced him into like these loans where he would have to go in and you know so that he can start his restaurants. And instead, they stuck him in all these fucked up areas. And instead of actually launching restaurants, he made them factories and put right. the pissing beef balls, beef balls. in right. cans. Right. Yeah. And it was like making even more money than if you would have had restaurants. Right. Yeah. Yep. And and but so then there's this other side thing where he ends up, he decides like he's going to go and and like relearn how to be a cook. And he, <laughs> oh, yeah. he like gets on a truck and goes in there and then ends up like falling off the truck and like crashing down a hill. And he gets, he finds his way to the Shaolin Temple. Uh, and, and, they, and they do this takeoff on the bronze men, you know, <laughs> but they call them the brass men. They have the 18, we're the 18 <laughs> brass men of Kung Fu, right? <laughs> and, and, and he's like, but I, I, I just, I'm the god of cookery. I need to learn how to cook. And they're like, we'll, we'll teach you the ultimate Kung Fu. And it turns out that the ultimate Kung Fu is just them beating him mercilessly with folding chairs. Just so you know, we had some technical difficulties. I had to cut it here and we had to pick up the rest of the podcast at another time. So if you notice a little disconnect, that's why. Anyway, here's the rest of our show. All right, so uh, this is uh, part two of the Stephen Chow uh, podcast. We we kind of left off at the other end, and we were going to make two pieces, but then I screwed up the recording and I made a mess of it. So well, there were there were technical difficulties beyond like there there were technical difficulties that didn't involve you screwing anything up. Yeah, I didn't help, so. but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you didn't solve the technical difficulties. No, I, I right. added to it. I, I was you added, the cherry you on added top. Added to them, right? Yeah, that's, <laughs> but that's cool. Uh, yeah. So uh, that's what I, makes you so charming. <laughs> I would hope so. It's why my wife married me. <laughs> maybe, hopefully, I don't know. Or in spite of that, maybe, who knows? Uh, so we left off, I believe, where we were talking about God of Cookery and you had yes. just finished off that piece. And so yeah. now I guess we can uh, summarize yeah. a, a so, little bit of what Stephen Chow was like. Yeah, just to, to rehash god of cookery it it it's one of the older stephen chow movies 
one of the first few that really established him, but it, it has all of the, the tone, all of the thematic elements that I feel like every Stephen Chow movie hits, mm-hmm. which is we're going to take something, some, some cultural standpoint and for God of cookery, it was like the, the iron chef celebrity chef phenomenon. And we're going to Kung Fu it. And we're going to take the main character who is not, not likable, not empathetic, not, not anybody that, that you would I ever identify as a good guy. And then he has to get taken down several notches and, and kind of learn to be humble and kind of come back. Yeah. And, and come back from a standpoint of realizing his failures and all the while through throughout all of this, there's this weird, wacky, totally unique sense of humor. And uh, and anyway, that's God of Cookery. God of Cookery. It, it, it's a it's a comedy slapstick kung fu cooking movie. Yeah, for which he has no talent of for either. He doesn't for know anything. how to cook. Right. Yeah, yeah, doesn't know how to cook. And uh, doesn't know Kung Fu, right. at least at that point. Right. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so he's like, which makes it, it even better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's an interesting movie because uh, like all the other movies, or at least the, the three movies that I'm thinking of, uh, he's, again, not a likable character, almost a villain. Right. Yeah. Right. And in this movie, he starts off on top. Right. And he ends up getting humbled works his way back up to the top right he gets back to a point of success but now he's a better person he's not the right. villain that he was in the beginning he's now, at the same yeah. point that he was at the end yep um success wise but as a person he's a better person now he's a better person right and that's that's thematic throughout all of his movies mm-hmm. somehow some of the you know it it, it does follow that classic hero's journey of the, the hero has to go through a change. Basically the hero has to evolve into a hero, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And even though I wouldn't say that his characters are always heroes by the end of the movie, they are always better. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. At, at, at least from a moralistic and kind of, uh, just a personable kind of way, right? He's he's more likable by the end. He's a better person, mm-hmm. but um, but man, at least in this movie, especially like he he was at a high point, and something about him going having the success and losing it all and coming back, he kind of he kind of remembers who he was right because it was or a little I, easier. I don't know that i don't know that he ever remembers who he was because i think i think he was always a douche <laughs> but don't he think discovers he, was... he discovers that he doesn't have to be a douche yeah well I, part because of me, they don't it's not like they dive into his backstory and how he came to be the god of cookery or, yeah you know, he like worked his way up from the humble streets to become god of cookery or anything yeah. like that no, he's just a douche. I, I like to think that maybe he was he wasn't a douche at the beginning. And then once he re, you know got the success. The success ruined him. The success ruined him. And then he became a douche. And then he had to get knocked down again 
to realize, oh, I'm an asshole now, right? And uh, along the way, he kind of grows back into not only being successful again, but like also, a, again, a better person. Right. I like to think that that was the journey, but you're right. There is no, at least in God of Cookery, there's no evidence of that, right? There, we right. don't know that. That's me putting extra yeah. sauce on this. Yeah. And so let's actually move on to Shaolin soccer. So God of Cookery is my favorite. Yes. Shaolin soccer is your favorite. Shaolin soccer is one of my right. favorite, favorite uh, Stephen Chow movies and favorite movies. I think it's on the, my favorite Kung Fu list. Oh. <laughs> he still doesn't know Kung Fu at that point. Really? I, isn't it? I can't remember what it was. I can't remember. Uh, I, I mean, was... Shaolin Soccer might be it because I mean, Kung Fu Hustle was on mine. Mm. Uh, but well, so the reason I say let's move on to Shaolin Soccer is because that one does it has the story that you're looking for where you see the guy start from the beginning and he starts off from nothing. He's yeah. humble. He's basically homeless. And then takes the world by storm by combining Shaolin Kung Fu and soccer. <laughs> and then, you know, becomes famous and successful and whatever. And, and like the success doesn't, the success actually makes him a, a worse person. Yes. And then he has to get knocked down a peg and come back up and realize like, okay, I get it now. You know, I, 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 I'm a better person and I can be on the top, you know? Yeah. And, and, but, and so you get that story that you're talking about wanting, which is you get to see him rise mm-hmm. and fall and then rise again. Yeah. Cause like he was part of like a Shaolin temple and all his homies. Yeah. He goes around the, collecting like, all his, his, his homies, so, his, the seven samurai of the Shaolin soccer. He goes <laughs> yes, around and yeah. collects the, the heroes of the story and they're all down on their luck. They're all getting right. the shit kicked out of them by life. And it's like, that's the question that I actually had. So like, why did they leave their Shaolin temple? Why did they come to the big city? I think what happened and after they got to the big city and experienced the way that it was, why didn't they go back? (laughs) I think it, I think what happened was, and and I think this is also a thing that happened culturally in China is just that the martial arts kind of fall off of popular culture. Right. Mm -hmm. And at one point, yes, as young people, you know, maybe kids, they practiced at a Shaolin temple, but maybe the Shaolin temple is no longer there, or maybe they they left the temple because they they have to go and make money now because they're adults and all those things, right? Okay. All right. Uh, I think that's what happened. Who knows? Like at that point is not really uh, that, illustrated. That, very that's clearly. one of the things. Like I can understand the stand, like being a being a martial arts student, mm. you know. But no, these are the, the, they're they're literally Shaolin monks, yeah, who are no longer Shaolin monks. But they're 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 kung fu experts, and each one of them has like a special, just just like you always get in the kung fu movies. Yeah, is they they have like a special and unique kung fu ability, right? And <laughs> the Steven, what's his name in, in Shaolin Soccer? What's his name? Uh, oh gosh, why can't I remember? Oh, in the movie, I, oh, I don't. Uh, steel leg, mighty steel, steel leg. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. mighty steel leg. They're all like iron head and you know right yeah that's the because it, it's about <laughs> what their power is mighty yeah. steel leg and iron head yeah and and, uh, and golden leg 
Yeah. And uh, stomach uh, something. And, right. Yeah. Oh, no, it was shirt. It was iron, iron shirt. shirt. Yeah. Right. Uh, Lightning hands. And dude, it was. And, you see, this, that's the fantastic thing about that, because it takes all the tropes of, of kung fu movies. You know, like you're saying, like the special kung fu. Yeah. And, and it, it puts it in a new context right and it, it puts it front and center yeah right? like it's it we we are we are going to acknowledge this this the the wacky the how wacky that trope is just in and of itself yeah and we're gonna make the movie wackier by acknowledging it oh it was so and, awesome and so so you've got mighty steel leg sing his name is sing yeah but he's the mighty steel leg and he decides, you know, he's bumming around the big city and he just decides that, uh, you know, they, they should do soccer because if you combine Shaolin with soccer, it's just going to be the perfect thing. And, well, and, it, and, and it's like, <laughs> it's just like, this is his logic. They're, and they, they like at no point, at no point do they examine the logic or, or, well, I guess to be fair, like every single one of his brothers that he approaches that, that he's like, we should do soccer is like, are you, what's wrong with you? Yeah, exactly. What, what's, okay, fine. We'll do it. But you know, like this is stupid. Well, it was, it was, it was more like, like he went, he, he got the idea cause he was riffing off of that, uh, that one coach. Right. And, and the guy he already had the the principle of saying i'm going to merge shell in with something else yeah and it's going to make well, it popular he, again and i guess like that's his at the beginning and i think he says it a couple of times throughout the movie is like shaolin is everything and and so you can make shaolin Shao, the shaolin version of everything will be better yes right well kung fu is in everything Yes, I, that's I believe his, that's I, his philosophy. Yeah, because it's uh, I believe it's it's like a principle in in the the Tao of Chikundo, written by Bruce Bruce Lee. It's like saying the line is something to the effect of uh, "Kung Fu's in everything." It's, it's how the butcher yeah. handles the knife and how a person. And I mean, he song. even he he has like a little speech where he says basically this, mm -hmm. like early on in the movie. Yeah, how Kung Fu is in everything, and yeah. and so. We, it makes everything better, even 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 soccer. Yeah, but it's the idea that uh, practice and and concentrating on that practice will make you a better whatever you're doing. You know, right? And yeah. and it takes repetition and and dedication and and attention. Yeah. And so he's bringing these ideas to. He's trying to bring these ideas, these things that he's learned in Shaolin to everyone and he's looking for yep. a way to do it but he comes up with like some stupid ideas in the beginning and then it wasn't it wasn't until he met the coach that the coach was like you know well this guy's a bum get this bum out of here right <laughs> yeah yeah and then i guess he kicked the can and he kicked it like out of the out of the stadium right yeah he kicked it into like outer space yeah and, right. and when he like told him to get out of here and he kicked the can out in the outer space or whatever and so then this guy is walking around and he runs into a wall and he realizes because the coach is also down in his luck and he runs he walks up to like a wall and he sees that like there's a can embedded in the wall and he realizes oh shit this is the can that this that bum can right yeah you know that bum yeah. kicked this can and it embedded itself in this wall 
like three miles down or whatever. And he's like, holy shit, that kid's talented. That kid can kick. That yeah. kid can kick. And, yeah. then he, and then he saw this idiot fight all these bums, you know, like in a playground. Yeah. And then they go at it. And then he realizes, oh, this guy can really kick. I'm going to use this guy, put a soccer team together. And, you know, I'm going to yeah. come back to glory. And then everything is going to be better. Right. So. Right. Yeah. And so then he goes around. He he. He, he can, you know, after he does, you know, the fight scene and kicks everybody's ass in a, like a ridiculous way, uh, <laughs> they go in and, and put a team together and it's fantastic because yeah. part of the fun is, is him collecting all the people. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. Because it, beca- it, it, it kind of is like a, a caper movie, you yeah. know, like a heist movie. Yes. In a way it, it, it kind of follows that dynamic <laughs> where you almost have like that Rick and Morty son of a bitch. I'm in. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Well, it's more like, fuck it. I got nothing else to do. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that is, which is basically the attitude of everybody is, is like, fuck it. You know? Yeah. You yeah. Know, like, like my, my life sucks already. Might as well. Like, this is not going to change anything. Might as well hang out with my homies. Right. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's kind of like this podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's totally like this. Except, except we're not good at anything. No, we're not. Well, we're yeah. good at yapping. And even that is not the best. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. But yeah. So, like, yeah, he collects his homies and he, well, even then, like, it's still part of like the, the reluctant hero because that's part of like the rest of the crew. He goes, he asks them, and they all turn them down. Yeah. So they're at the top of like some, uh, building and he's sitting there after being turned down, you know, by every single one of them, yeah. by every single one of them, they all show up afterwards. Right. Yeah. After saying no. Yeah. And, uh, and then they have their team and, you know, of course, as it, as it starts, they're kind of horrible. <laughs> right. Cause they don't know. I mean, they don't know how to play soccer. They don't know how to play. They don't know anything <laughs> about soccer. They don't. And then there's some like weird stuff where like they're some of the people they play, uh, like I guess they played against well, the. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. But this is where, 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 like, for me, I absolutely loved it because the the it's 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 playing on all the kung fu tropes, and now it's starting to play on all the sports movie tropes. Yeah. So right? like one of the things it does is it pulls a bunch of like uh like uh were they criminals were they criminals or were they just like uh, local thugs. And they brought well, weapons the, to the game. Yes, exactly. I think it was just like local thugs. And it was like, uh, maybe this is a phenomenon that happens in China or in the rest of the world where like you can put together a soccer team and work your way up through the ranks, just like, you know, like boxing, right? Where you, <laughs> where you box your way up to the top. Maybe. You know, I, I don't know. But that, cause that's, that's kind of like the path that this movie takes is they start off. They're not like in a league or anything. They're just playing like pickup games to, to learn the sport, then like prove what they can do. And it's like they just, they, they're like, they're not in a league or anything. They yeah. just keep like moving up the ranks, you know? That's right. Like, wait a minute. They were like playing by themselves in a dirt field against other yes. play, against other teams. Yes. It was never any stadium until the end. And 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 so this is where, like, towards the end, <laughs> when they when they kind of like make it to the top. Yeah. The team that they have to play is called Team Evil. Yeah. 
They're team evil and they're evil. They're like a bunch of assholes. (laughs) And the coach is a real son of a bitch. Yeah. And it's just like it's like watching the Mighty Ducks, right? Like, like you've got the good guy team and you've got the bad guy team. And they're the bad. They're bad guys. Yeah. And the good guys are good guys. You know, (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. It's so cartoony, right? It's yeah, so fucking cartoony. It totally is. And but he like really leans into it. And for whatever reason, right. This is, this is the part that well, and I think that's the that's the secret to the Stephen Chow sauce is he leans hard into everything. Yeah. There is no subtlety and no nuance at any point. Everything hits you in the face like a baseball bat. Every or to be more appropriate, everything hits you in the face like a kung fu kick. Yeah, you know, it's that's funny. It's just, oh man, like it, like the the thing I'm thinking about is is that it's so silly and so wacky, but it never takes you out of the movie. No, like there's no suspension of disbelief anywhere. And I, well, and I think all because all of the movies, all the Stephen Chow movies, but especially God of Cookery. And Shaolin soccer, they start off within the first 30 seconds to a minute sets the tone of this movie is cartoony, over the top, wacky, batshit. Yeah. And so when that's the tone that's set from the first 30 seconds, it's not going to take you out of the movie because now because it's like, oh, OK, now I, I get it. I know what this movie is going to be. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, you know, it's just like I remember. I remember all the way till the end, like not not thinking, "Oh, this is this is a movie." You know, no, the whole time I'm invested. I'm invested, and it isn't until the end. You know, of course, you know, spoilers if you haven't seen this movie. Of course, if you're listening to this podcast, you've seen this movie. But it isn't until the end that you get to see, like, oh, he gets, you know, dude is trying to goaltend and a a tornado. <laughs> soccer ball rips his clothes off and then you're just laughing your ass off because there's an ass in the screen right and uh there's butt jokes there's silly horrible like like uh just gender specific jokes there's all yeah. kinds of stuff that just yeah. is not fly. And like look let's let's be fair because these movies go back far enough to a point where there is problematic shit yeah you know, there there are problematic jokes and problematic philosophies at play here. Mm-hmm. So you have to watch it with that. Like you have to you have to I'm, I'm not saying like you have to accept that. I'm just saying, you know, these movies were made in the early 90s and, you know, maybe society did not have such evolved sensibilities quite yet. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it was ever mean spirited. You know what I'm saying? But some like, of it was like some of the things that he does with the with the women characters are are like mean spirited. It is with the women, but, and we discussed this in part one. That mean spiritedness and those jokes about like appearance or or whatever are always kind of the catalyst for like, oh, that was a dick move on my part. Like it's yeah. the it's the behavior that that ends up having the, the hero character, the protagonist kind of realize that's shitty and I shouldn't do that. Yeah. You know, the the only so it serves a purpose. 
It does. It does. And you're right. Cause it, it is part of what makes him grow. Right. Uh, it, cause, but here's, here's the, the problem with this. And it, again, it might be just the time, but especially with the female character, with the, the lead female character, of course there's a, you know, she's the love interest. Uh, she's also part of the crew. She's, she's, yeah. she's the one that, that, helps save the day with right. her tai chi that yep. she was using by the way she was also cooking with tai chi making yeah. dumplings and stuff mm -hmm. uh and he takes advantage of her kindness throughout the yep. movie uh yep. but it was never it, it became it was something like he didn't realize he was doing right and then he it she took well, it, it was, as it was like microaggressions and like he didn't realize that he was doing it until all of a sudden he did. Yeah, and then you know? he 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 got really mean. Yeah, and, and that was kind of sad. And of course, it's part of the character. It's it's not yep. poor writing. It's written into who right. he is. It's, right. Yes. It it's serves a purpose mm -hmm. of just showing this character still needs to develop. Exactly. So, but my only problem, and this is part of where the writing, I think. Uh, kind of falters. Uh, it, it's one of those deals that he realizes, oh, this is a pretty girl inside, right? And it's hard to show beauty on the inside when you're looking at film, right? So what do they do? They they default to showing beauty on the outside. So at the end, she's shaved her head and you know considered still you know unattractive, right? But her acne clears up, right? Because mm -hmm. that was one of the things that made her ugly. It was all this acne. the hair. Yeah, the hair and uh, like that. The hair was kind of causing the acne, or at least in the movie, like kind of like it's because her hair is always in her face. Exactly. And she's always cooking and there's always right. this stuff in her hair and now yeah. in her face. So she shaved her head, cleared up her acne, shows up to save the day with, you know, for the team because they needed a goalie. And she actually saves the day. But, you know, she's pretty. Right. But then at the end of the movie, as kind of like a throwaway frame, you see them on like a billboard and they're like the new Kung Fu power couple. Right. And he's, he's next to the pretty girl, the, the love interest, and she's got her hair back and she's beautiful. Right. And mm -hmm. it's just like, well, it's, it's like, uh, you, all that work you did. Yeah. All, all that. Right. You know, trying to say that there's interview. Right. Like you basically just dialed it back. You dialed you it back. You by, walked it back. Yeah. yeah. It's, so like, are you saying she was a hidden beauty and now he saw past it? Or are you saying that beauty is necessary for him to like her? Yeah. And, and that's kind of lost in that last piece. And that's the only time where I feel like the movie kind of falters. It's again, not a perfect movie. And and there and there might be you know cultural sensibilities that we're missing, like you have said. But aside from that little piece, I, I love that movie. You know, that movie. Of course, of that course. Is. Yeah. It's impossible to not love. Yeah, my son loves that movie. He's seen that. He's seen that. You know, what does your daughter think of that movie? She doesn't. You know, I don't know. Uh, I know my son cracks up. He laughs his ass off. Man, there I. Stephen Chow is one of these things that I wonder if it's got if Stephen Chow movies have some of the Three Stooges effect going on, mm. where where it's like guys find this stuff fantastic, uh -huh. women really don't. 
Yeah. And, and <laughs> I, you know, I know that's a really old idea, but it's one of those old ideas that somehow, some way always seems to be true. But, uh, I, I, you know, because I've never like, I don't have none, none of my woman friends, none of the women who I'm friends with or family with or significant, you know, partners with, they don't appreciate Stephen Chow. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's too bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, well, I mean, think about it. It's, it's, it's one of those movies that's definitely shot from a male perspective. Of right? course. Yeah. I mean, the women are treated horribly. He's a jerk to everyone, mm-hmm. you know, not just women, but men too. And, uh, but like, it, it's, uh, it's, it, it's, it's not a good look, you know, uh, right, because yeah. he's the male lead, right? He's the male lead. If it was a woman doing that to everybody, maybe we would feel similar, right? But yeah, also, also, you got to admit his 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 humor is pretty childish. I mean, oh yeah, butt jokes and and all kinds well, of shit, I, you know. And that's that's why I find the movie so fascinating because it's like like Fairly Brothers level sta- slapstick. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. with this, with this kind of Hong Kong cinema flavor to it, and then uh, add to it, it's always kung fu plus something else plus slapstick. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, like um, I don't know if I'll ever get too old for a fart joke. You know, no, like, never. I don't think I don't think I've I'll gotten ever... too old for a lot of things, uh-huh. but fart jokes, nah. <laughs> I've gotten I've gotten old for some things like. Like, I don't know. So there are some things where I'm like, ah, come on, dude, grow up. You know, like, it's just, you know, just clean up yourself. Just clean yourself up a little bit, right. please. You know? Right. Yeah. But for some reason, when my son, you know, uh, decides he wants to, like, you know, fart right on me when I'm, like, sitting, in, you know, sitting on the sofa, you know, you know it's funny. You still yeah. laugh. I still yeah. laugh. I get, I, yeah. you know, I pretend anger, you know, I'm like, hey, what are you doing? You know, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's funny, yeah. You know? So funny, yeah. Yeah, and um, I don't know if that's ever going to go away. Maybe, maybe once it's fifteen and the farts become more lethal, um, I might, oh, yeah, might object. Yeah. <laughs> but I think by then he'll he'll probably grow out of it. He'll probably stop. It's not cool anymore. You probably know? not. You're 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 gonna you're gonna run into that in short order. How old is he now? He's eight. Oh, he's younger than I thought. Okay. Yeah. Well, he's going to be nine in September, but yeah. But like he's going to hit that 12 or 13 mark and and then it's not going to be cool to hang out with pops anymore. You know, it's going to happen already with uh, with my daughter. Oh, yeah. Because because she's how old is she now? She's 10. She's 10. Yeah. Mm. She's already happening. She's it's already happening. Shit. Shit that I think is cool is not not exactly cool anymore. So those 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 days are. slowly but are definitely numbered and i fucking i can't believe it man well yeah i mean the clock never stops ticking no for sure you just gotta enjoy it while you can for sure damn dude well i'm sorry to bring it down no dude you made me real sad right now man (laughs) oh it's just uh you know like uh those days are like she was a baby yesterday you know what I'm saying? Oh, I yeah, I know that feeling. She and, was a baby. Yeah. And now now that shit's uh, it's not there yet. 
No, it's don't, not. Don't mourn what you've still got to lose. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. No. No, I won't. I, I'm enjoying as much as I can. Uh, makes me wish I was independently wealthy so I just can spend every be moment. The best. Yeah. Just to have unlimited, just, just, yeah. Yeah. The, the kind of money to just, I don't have to do shit if I don't want to. That would be fucking fantastic. But then I would probably not do anything. No, I don't think that's true. You don't think that's uh, you, true? No, I think you'd do a ton of shit. I'd get my black belt for sure. Yeah. I get my jujitsu black belt like tomorrow. I'd be fucking at the gym all the time. <laughs> I'd, I'd be at the gym as much as my body could take it. You know, I'd do that. And then I'd, uh, yeah, I'd spend every waking moment with, with my kids until they don't want to spend time with me anymore. Yeah. It's uh, that'd be a good way to spend it. Yeah. Or until you don't want to spend time with them anymore. Cause that's perfectly acceptable. Oh, that happens too, man. Like yeah. I, I'll hang out, like right here, right now. I'm talking to all my kids, and then I'll spend an hour with them. I'm like, "You guys are driving me nuts. Go to the fucking right. your rooms." Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah, it's uh, there's a time limit. Yeah, yeah. When you're not spending time with them, it's like, ah, oh, I feel like I'm wasting the time. You know, I'm wasting all this valuable time. And then you do spend time with them, and it's like, Jesus. I got to get away from these fuckers. <laughs> I'm going to kill them. I'm going to kill them. <laughs> I love them, but I'm going to kill them. I'm going to kill them. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Um, I don't know. So anyway, let's, uh, let's keep going. We got, uh, we should talk, you know, your, your other favorite movie. Freaking Kung, Kung Fu Hustle. Yeah. I mean, we, okay. So I don't know if I really want to belabor Kung Fu Hustle because we have talked about it. Uh-huh. Uh, at least two other episodes like in depth uh-huh. spent a lot of time on kung fu hustle but kung fu hustle is clearly clearly his masterpiece you think so well yes it's his masterpiece um like he he had a big budget he he was able to combine all of these things i mean it's it's a love letter to to cinema, not just Kung Fu cinema. It's a love letter to movie making. It's his love letter to movie making, you know, and it, it combines so many different things. you got the Kung Fu aspect in it, and that movie goes deep on the, the Kung Fu. You know, it goes yeah. deeper than any of his other. And obviously it's called Kung Fu Hustle, you know, but it goes deep into that, into the, the Kung Fu cinema mindset for sure because i mean he pulls some of these old actors he does all that oh, stuff. yeah yeah and he, he pulls from all of like all of the kung fu tropes he pulls them all in there and he pulls in the slapsticky cartooniness and he pulls in you know he's got his the protagonist has the whole hero's journey and there's he all of the same elements there's the girl and he's not very nice to the girl, mm-hmm. you know, she's and, a mute and, in that one, right? She's mute. Yeah. yeah. He's not very nice to her. And then that's part of what catalyzes him to change and grow, you know, but he also basically gets beaten to death by, by the beast. Yes. The beast. He gets his head beaten into the ground, literally. And then he heals and he comes back and he's the, you know, the Buddha palm 
like master. And anyway, like uh, it, it, I say it's his masterpiece because it's got the best. It's not my favorite of all of his movies. My favorite of all his movies will always be God of cookery. Interesting. But, but it's his masterpiece. It's, it's his highest point Mm. in filmmaking. I would agree that it's his highest point in in filmmaking for sure. Uh, A lot went into that movie. Uh, the writing's a little better. It's an ensemble cast. And you cast. can feel the love, right? Mm-hmm. The the love of cinema in the way that that movie is made. Like, I, you, I don't feel that when I watch God of Cookery or Shaolin Soccer. I feel like when I'm watching those movies, I feel like I have this, like, as the director and the writer, Stephen Chow's like, I have this crazy, wacky idea, and it's a neat story, and I'm going to tell it, and I'm going to put it on film. Hmm. And Kung Fu Hustle feels like I, I'm going to make this piece of art that reflects how I feel about Kung Fu and cinema and, and what I have chosen to make my life about. You, you can feel the passion in that mm-hmm. movie. He's, he, it's, it's funny because there's, there's one piece of, uh, there's there's a bit in the story that I wanted to ask you about, and I am not I've never kind of put it together because again I can't I don't know if it's something I'm missing in the in like the culture or if there's just a lack of explaining on the part of the writing. But there's this whole thing that it gets introduced in the beginning and maybe throughout the movie and then right again at the end with a pamphlet. He runs into this yes. like wandering bum yes. who's like, some kind of monk the, or something. And or, it's the pamphlet that teaches the forms of the Buddha palm Kung Fu. Yeah. And, he, you know, it, it's something that he holds kind of important to himself. Right. Right. And, and then, then at some point he finds out that it's just nonsense. Like it's like he got ripped off. Well, did he? It, because I don't know if he got ripped if he knows it's nonsense, but we find out it's nonsense. Cause at the end he's like, well, I got all these, I got all these different ones, like pick one. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait a minute. What? So like, is this all bullshit? Was he ever special? Or I, is he- I, that, okay. So the way that I took that ending, because that was, it was almost like a post credits kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Cause it's after the climax of the movie and the ending of this movie, maybe this is what made Kung Fu hustle feel a little bit more a, a little have a little more gravitas of all of the movies it's the most sincere mm-hmm. uh you know the the way it ends where he's he kind of transcends everything he becomes this this master of the buddha palm and um and kind of realizes that he is special and then you have that moment where the beast it, it, like says teach me master yeah it's a big deal and so like the the big win at the end of this movie unlike in uh, most of his other movies the big win isn't oh they're all successful and they're super famous and they're rich and whatever the end of this movie is is purely sincere he realizes who he is yeah and he, he doesn't get anything more than that. He, he doesn't get anything more than serenity out of it. 
And the first thing he does is give, sur- give that serenity to the bad guy. Right. Yeah. And so, so like you have this very sincere vibe at the end and then you have this, it's not really a post credits. Well, maybe it is. I it's mean, like, right it's like before. a mid credits, yeah. but you have this little twist ending where you find out like the, the guy selling these, these, these Kung Fu pamphlets is basically just a, a grifter, you know, mm-hmm. he's kind of a con man. And the way that I took that was, was that the, the message that I took from that is that the Kung Fu and the reverence for the different styles and the, the way that people mysticize Kung Fu and martial arts that's nonsense. Mm. What isn't nonsense is find is the power that the the martial arts and and the discipline and the the practice of them has to help you discover who you are. That's fantastic. And yeah, so that, that's the way that I took that. That's what that's the message that I took from that was that mm. yes, it was this kind of funny, almost throwaway thing where it's just like like the Buddha palm is bullshit. All uh-huh. of, all of these forms are, are, it's all nonsense. I'm just a grifter. You yeah. Know? It's but, not, yeah. But it's not about the forms. It's about, it's about the discipline and, it's, and it's, what it, it doesn't matter which one of these forms you select. Mm-hmm. What matters is that you, you discover yourself. Yes. That's yes. That's the way that I took it. Dude, yes. Hell yeah. Dude. <laughs> fuck yeah. Oh my goodness. And so you see this is yet another movie that we and I have probably examined to far greater depth than anybody else. Oh. Ever. Fuck yes, bro. Yes, it's not about what you practice. It is about what the practice does for you. Right. Exactly. You can choose anything. Yep. It doesn't matter. So long as it makes you a better person, that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. And it, the belief in himself. Yeah. Fuck yeah, bro. Fuck yeah. You got it. That's it. <laughs> Fuck yeah. That's it. If Stephen Chow were talking to us right now, he'd be like, yes, finally. <laughs> Somebody gets it. <laughs> that's it, bro. Seriously. That's, that's the message. Because, I mean, he's lost throughout the movie. Yes. It, it didn't make sense to me until he's now. He's lost. He's chasing a thing that he thinks will make him whole. Yeah. He's chasing this thing that he thinks is, is his destiny, is mm-hmm. to be a gangster. Exactly. And it, when he gets pressed on, like, every time that it comes, like, he gets pressed on, why do you want this so badly? He doesn't know. Yeah. He has no answer. It's just the thing that he wants. Yeah. Because he doesn't know anything else. Yeah. He doesn't know. He doesn't have any other options, too. Right. And so, like, he's a bit Or he thinks he doesn't have any other options. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Hell, yeah. And then at the end, it's just like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Here's all these other pamphlets. And the guy is doing that for another kid. Yes. He found another kid. This kid is like, oh, you know, like, uh, and he's like trying to sell the pamphlet to the kid. Yeah. And so that's the next Stephen Chow. And this, so maybe, maybe he is special. Maybe he's not, who knows, but it's not about that. It's about, 
him choosing the path and then sticking to right. it. And- yeah. It's, or it's about him or at the very least too, like it's about him choosing a path. Mm-hmm. It's about him choosing paths multiple times. Yeah. Right. And it's about knowing, knowing when you've chosen the wrong path. Yeah. Being and- able to discover, okay, I've chosen the wrong path. I need to switch gears. And the other thing too, is like those other masters that he ran into, they kind of helped them. Yes. Right? Yep. And, and between him getting the shit kicked out of him by the beast and the two masters, they managed to unlock him. Cause remember yes. that's part of what happens is it he gets was unlocked. It, it was a lot like dragon ball Z where in order to get unlocked, he had to get beaten yeah. to damn near death over and over and over. Well, that's that's part of again the hero's journey. He almost yep. you, you know the the death of 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 the character and then rising. Yeah, from, from, right. From rising defeat. from rising from defeat. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and I think that the way that the story of Kung Fu Hustle plays out, it kind of reinforces that idea that you that you get at the very end, where it's like I don't it doesn't just pick a pamphlet, right? Yeah because you've got all of these masters and they're masters of all these different styles and none of them can win. None of them can beat the beast, Mm. you know? Uh, And, uh, and they all, they, they all win up to a certain point, but then they get defeated by somebody else. And, and like that reinforces that, that message of the style is not what's important. Hmm. It's not about how you, it's not about what you practice. It's about how you practice it. It's about what you believe. And it's about you realizing your own potential. So is it that the masters can't beat the beast because now the masters no longer believe in themselves? Is that part of it? Because they had to be, they, they were each of them reluctant heroes. Mm -hmm. They were hiding out. And they're, yeah, they you no know, longer, they practiced. were hiding out in pigsty alley and they yeah. were no longer proactively practicing anything, yeah. you know, uh, they, 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 they actively turned away from being heroes so that they could live in quiet, you know, um, they, so they could escape that life. Dude, this is just like the last dragon. This is it just, is. This it we is. just we analyze the fuck out of this one like we, just like we did last this, dragon we we are projecting our own depth <laughs> onto this film we are projecting depth that we want to see no i don't whether think so. it, but i know in, in the case of this movie i think it's actually it's accurate i think all of this was intentional yeah i think so too so. oh dude fuck yes fuck yes Oh, dude, that's awesome, man. That is. Oh, I have now. Now I have to you go got watch chills. Now you got to go watch it again. You got to go, go watch, watch the movie again. Yeah, I, I have gonna, to go. I, I've got I've had them all in my queue since we since we started talking about doing these episodes. Uh, I watched God of Cookery because I, you got I got to I can't if and and I'm, I've got Shaolin soccer queued up and I, you know, I've got Kung Fu Hustle queued up. Uh, I, I, I want to check out like. Journey to the West. That was hard for me. And we talked about this on in the on the first part of this thing. Yeah. I I have not been able to make it through that in one sitting. Like I I I have had to break that up because it's I, I don't know, the flavor's off. 
Yeah. It, it misses. I, There's something missing. Yeah, I don't know what happened to that movie. Uh, he's not in it, too. That's the other thing. That might be what's missing. He's not in it, and, and that makes it... I don't know. Like I feel like it needs him. It does. It's weird. It's a weird movie, and, and not like a bad way, but it's just like... You're right. It, there's something missing. I, I don't know what it is. It's wacky. It, it is funny in places, but it's like, I think it's just the writing is all over yeah, the place. It's, it, it's missing some of the cartooniness. It's missing some of that slapstick, like goofiness. Mm-hmm. It's still like, it's wacky. I don't know. I don't know how to like, it's wacky, but it's not goofy. It's not, it, it's not a, in my perspective, it's not a, like a cohesive movie. I don't know where you're going. I don't know what, yeah. like what, what the, and I know it's like supposed to be part of a series and, and it's, it just does, it just doesn't do it for me. And um, it's weird. It's a weird movie. There is a part two, I think there like another, there's another movie for journey to the West. Um, but yeah. it's, I, I don't know. I, it just, there are, there are better, there are better versions of that story. Uh, especially when it comes to like the monkey King storyline. Yeah. Right. Well, and you know, this Stephen Chow has hit it out of the park so many times and put his unique flavor on so many things. He can, he can, he can have one that, that I don't get, you know, he can make one that doesn't work for me. That's fine. He's earned it. I agree. Like you can't, they can't all be awesome. Right. Yeah. It's not, they're not all going to be winners. No. And I think you get to a point where it's just like you're high up on the pole. Right. And then people, people don't know how to tell you this doesn't make sense. And you've relied on yourself so long. Right. To know, to know what, what works and what doesn't work. The success that the voice that you have that's what you've been using all this time. And people are telling you, even if someone told you, Hey man, this, this is not that funny or this, the script doesn't work. Like, how do you have the perspective to say, Oh, you know what? You're right. Or no, you're wrong. I'm right. And then continue on. Right. Like, how do you, it, it must be difficult, you know? Cause it happens, I think to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. There's cause eventually you get to a point where you're surrounded by people who aren't going to say no to you. Mm-hmm. And if, and if they do say no to you, are you going to be able to listen to them? Are you going to, yeah. Are you, you're, you're no longer at a point where, where you're willing to listen. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah. I mean, that, that happens to everybody who has certain levels of success. That's hubris by definition. That's hubris. And I'm not, I don't want to say that, that Stephen Chow has been a victim of hubris. I'm just going to say, I had a real hard time with journey to the West. I just didn't appreciate it to the same degree. It wasn't, it wasn't the same flavor. It was something else. And I mean, maybe he was actively trying to do something else Yeah, and it just didn't work for me. Maybe it worked for millions of other people. Yeah. Maybe it worked for everyone in China. Who knows? Mm-hmm. And maybe we just don't get it, you know? Cause I mean, he was riffing off an old story, right? So, right. Yeah. So maybe, maybe it really resonates with Chinese people and One, maybe not. Yeah. Not not with Americans or people of the West. Huh, maybe I should look that up. I should find out if that's the case. But um, anyway, um, so and then I I didn't get to see uh, what is it? The King of Comedy. 
And what is it? The new King yeah, of Comedy. Okay. So I haven't seen the King of Comedy in a long, 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 long time. But that's that's kind of like his first, isn't it? That yeah. was that was his first big, big flick. Yeah. I mean, the one he directed. He's been in movies for a long time, but that's the one that he directed. Yeah. That's one of the was, first ones. And, and uh, I think it was actually like his first take at comedy. Because if you like his career, like he started out as being this host for this children's program. And then like all through the 80s, like the mid mid 80s to the early 90s, he was kind of like a Don Johnson kind of character. Are like, you serious? Yeah, he was like a like a cop show, like hard edged kind of guy. I can't and, imagine that cat doing that shit. And then King of Comedy comes along and it's it's this slapstick. It sets the tone and it sets the pace. This slapstick, crazy weirdo flick. <laughs> and it like it's this this opportunity for him to to kind of inflict his own unique voice on something and you know, lucky for the rest of us that it was successful and set him down the path so that we could get God of Cookery and Shaolin Soccer and Kung Fu Hustle. You know, I wonder what's next for him. Well, I mean, didn't we? I think we talked about it, but um, oh, my IMDb right now is on Legend of the Liquid Sword. I don't know if you ever have, have ever seen Legend of the Liquid Sword. I have not. Is that any good? It's fantastic. Legend of and, the Liquid Sword. And the only reason it was because because it reminds me of a Stephen Chow movie. So the Legend of a Liquid of the Liquid Sword is a kind of kung fu classic. It's in the Wu Tang collection. You Ooh. know, uh, it, you know, RZA loves it, but uh, the RZA, the RZA loves it. The RZA, RZA loves it. But uh, anyway, it's got kind of a tongue in cheek sensibility to it. And so like, it's a straight, straight up Kung Fu flick, right? Hmm. It's not, but, but there's certain parts of it that, that kind of taste a little bit like Stephen Chow. I got to check it out. Is it an old movie? 93. Okay. So it's been a while. Yeah. And, but, but there's a, there's a part in it, like towards the end. So there's this character who's one of the, like, if not the protagonist, like a protagonist. And it's 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 a it's a pretty standard um, kung fu flick, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it it felt like this the, the this guy has to fight all of these other masters, and you know these people are kind of hunting him down and whatever. Uh-huh. And so it's a it's it's one of those kung fu flicks. And this one character kind of disappears at one point in the film, and then there's this big fight scene. And all of a sudden he comes basically crashing through the roof and he's on dressed like Jesus and he's on a cross (laughs) and he crashes through the roof. Like the the cross like sticks in the ground and he's on the cross and he like jumps off the cross and he gives, he like issues this warning about like, you know, don't fight me or I will defeat you with Jesus punches. And then he <laughs> defeats everybody with Jesus punches. <laughs> and like that kind of thing, like that feels a little bit like Stephen Chow, you know? Oh my goodness. Oh, uh, uh, cause Jesus punches people. 
<laughs> apparently, apparently, the Jesus Kung Fu is is pretty strong Kung Fu, including the le- legend of the liquid sword. Well, I mean, Jesus but, was a carpenter. You know, and it's then, true. And then, you know, that but takes a lot a of strength. But, well, I mean, it takes a lot of strength to be a carpenter, especially in those days. Especially in those days without machines and electricity <laughs> and whatnot. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Oh, but so let's let's take a look at Stephen Chow. What, what's on tap for Stephen Chow? So Stephen Chow has the last thing he did. OK, was uh, Journey to the West, the Demons Strike Back. So that would be. Well, that's the first Journey to the West movie, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm looking at it. I don't see the other Journey to the West. But like it might uh, still be in 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 development. Maybe or maybe I'm full so, of shit. Who knows? I don't know. I don't see any upcoming projects for him. I mean, he doesn't. Point, if he if he wanted to retire, I'm sure he could retire. I don't want him to though. You see, no, that's I, yeah, I want. I, I still want to see stuff coming out of him. So we've got. So there there are two movies that I have not seen: the hmm. New King of Comedy and the Mermaid. I have not seen those two either. I haven't. I have not seen. Oh, look, my time, my timeline was completely wrong. King of Comedy was not his first. That was 99. Oh, Jesus. For, for, uh, from Beijing with Love, Forbidden City Cop, and then God of Cookery. Mm. Forbidden uh, City Cop. I think that's a wacky ass movie, isn't it? It is. Well, they're all wacky ass movies. Yeah. That's, an, that's another one that I, I really haven't seen, but that Forbidden City Cop has a little bit of like a like an Inspector Gadget flavor to it <laughs> because he's got all of these these craziest inventions, you know, and anyway, uh, I can't believe you watched that one. That's awesome. I, I mean, you can't I, believe I've watched. Well, it. I shouldn't say that. You're right, because I've I haven't even heard of that one. I don't even know if I can find that one. From Beijing with love, I've heard of, I haven't seen, but um, oh, dude, this guy is—he's. I bet awesome. I bet you can find it on YouTube. I bet you can. Here's the funny thing: from Beijing with love, Forbidden City Cop, and God of Cookery, they all have him on the cover of the movie with a knife. Yeah. Yeah. They all have knives, and it's like it's, it's it's kind of like the same pose a little bit too, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Well, you see, that's not true. The God of Cookery, he's got a pan and a spoon. So. Uh, oh well, yeah. He's got, but he's got cooking utensils in the first three movies. <laughs> <laughs> the most I love the descriptions of some of these. The most renowned and feared chef in the world yeah, <laughs> loses his title of God of cookery because of his pompous attitude. <laughs> feared. He's feared. He's feared. I mean, who doesn't become a chef so that they can be feared? I mean, I think everybody. I, I mean, that's why I do everything. <laughs> the most feared marketer. <laughs> oh, God. The most feared marketer. <laughs> Oh man. Okay. Let me, let me, I want to look at some more of these descriptions. So let me look at the God of cookery description. I know that's the one I just looked at. Right. Hmm. Uh, what I like about him is that he keeps using the same people over and over again. Which oh, is, sure. He's clearly got, he's got a, a crew, a crew. Yeah. He's, he's just like, you know, Adam Sandler in that regard, he's, he's going to make his movie with his crew. Yeah. 
I think that's just something that happens, right? Like you just get a, if I was in a position to do that, of course I'd do that. Yeah, I do that too. <laughs> an imperial agent, this is Forbidden City Cop, an imperial <laughs> agent gets ridiculed for his various inventions until his supportive wife encourages him to attend a conference, which is actually a trap to kill all the doctors serving the emperor, where his crazy inventions come in handy. Because apparently. He takes his inventions with him when he goes to conferences, <laughs> which I mean, yes, he does. But. Yeah. So like the women he uses, uh, I believe Cecilia Chung, Karen, Karen Mock and Wei Zhao. She, he keeps using these women over and over again in his movies. It's um, it's funny because like they were like Karen Mock, for example, she was one part of the mustache team in the in Shaolin soccer. Oh, but she okay. Was, but she was the love interest in God of Cookery. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Wei Zhao, I think, was also... Wei Zhao was the love interest in uh, Shaolin Soccer. In Shaolin Soccer. Yeah. And well, I'm pretty sure she was in other movies. But anyway, yeah. But th that's, you know... Yeah. Adam Sandler... Yeah, that's kind of like what Adam Sandler does. I love what Adam Sandler does with his with his team. Like... He just keeps making these movies. They're fucking awesome. He, he Grown Ups the, is like. He makes the movies that he wants to make. And, yeah. you know, he's established himself. In that, and, he, you know, whether I like the movies or not, I can respect the man. I can respect him for making what he what he damn well pleases. Yeah. You know? I mean, isn't that awesome? It's just like, hey, man, what are you doing? Let's go make some money. You know, <laughs> it's basically what it is. You know, it's just like, hey, what are you, are you doing? Nothing? Come on, come with me. We're gonna go shoot a few movies, and then uh, we'll make some money, and then, uh, you know, we'll hang out while yeah. we're doing it. Yeah, like, isn't that badass? Like that's so it, fucking badass. Yeah. I, well, it's the dream. You yeah. know. Yeah. That's the dream. That's the dream. That's the. You know, that's exactly why we do the podcast. <laughs> One day we'll make. Eventually, money. eventually, eventually, we'll get nothing out of it. <laughs> 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 uh hopefully hopefully that's not the case hopefully we're not just fucking uh you know filling the airspace with nothing yeah. okay. i hope not i mean uh, we deserve something i keep trying you know bus fare something something i keep trying i think uh there's, there's some things there's some things <laughs> the I need flow to roll podcast the official podcast of the Chicago Transit Authority. <laughs> that'd be badass. If CTA gave me money, fuck yeah. Hell yeah, that'd be I, the best. Even though neither of us lives in Chicago anymore. No. And neither, none, neither of us want to use the fucking CTA either. Oh, like, dude. No. Even if I lived in Chicago, I don't think I want to use it. It's like punishment, man. It's like punishment. It's like being punished. <laughs> oh... Do you know I, how many? So, so like, I worked with you where we worked together for five years. Yeah. And for that five years, I was actually commuting uh, into Union Station. And then I would take a bus from Union Station to the office. Yeah. And in five years' time, how many times? How many times do you think that the bus I had to, the bus had to stop? And evacuate because it was on fire. How many, how many times? How many uh, times? Three. Three. Three times in five years. Now, I guess I feel, it. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> now, I feel like once in five years is probably too many times for that to happen. Yeah. 
three times in five years is like, okay, this, this is, this is like a legitimate problem now, you know, here's the problem with what you're saying. And, uh, and why I was able to guess it's because I've been on the bus when the bus is caught on fire. (laughs) I am. It doesn't surprise me at all because apparently this is is do. It's just what the buses do, dude. And it's like, it's not like we're taking the same line. No, I've taken different, different buses. Yeah. And they've caught on fire my whole life. You know, I I lived in Chicago for half of my life, I should say, or more, more than half of my life. I've lived in Mm -hmm. Chicago and I've taken public transit plenty of times. And man, dude, I can't even remember how many times that fucking bus caught on fire. I've been on on the bus when basically I've been maced. Uh, I've seen people get mugged (laughs) on the bus. I've seen the bus. That's not the bus. That's not the CTA's fault. No, it's not. It's, I mean, it's not pleasant and it shouldn't happen, but that's not the CTA's it's fault. It's not the CTA's fault. But I fault. feel like they could stop their buses from catching on fire. Yeah. They could probably stop that from happening. I'm just saying that the CTA experience, the, the public transit, and I shouldn't just narrow this down to CTA. I'm sure this is the case. Wherever you're taking public transportation, some shit like this is happening. Yeah. You, yeah. Like I've been, I've been maced. Not because they were aiming at me, just because a fight broke out. Someone decided they wanted to mace these idiots and there was no air to circulate this. So the air, the, the mace spray was oh, stuck yeah. in the bus and everybody and got so maced. everybody's getting maced. Yeah, yeah okay. or, or pepper sprayed, I should say. Everybody got pepper sprayed. So everybody's sneezing and trying to rub their eyes and trying to get the fuck out. But they can't because, of course, this is happening right in front of the fucking exit. So nobody gets it. Out. Is. Of, course of course it is. Yeah. Now you're all trapped. You're all trapped. We're all fucking pepper sprayed and we're all fucking sneezing and coughing. And it's uh it's fucking ridiculous. So uh <laughs> but like this is I you know yeah, I've been man. pepper sprayed, I've seen people get mugged, I've seen people uh fucking change. Oh yeah, and like completely get naked. Yeah, and, and get out of their clothes and put on new clothes. I've seen people like ba- yeah. basically bathe themselves on the bus or not the bus, but just like on the train, on, on the, the bus, tra- whatever. whatever. Yeah, I mean, I've seen it all, too, man. I've you seen know, it all. I, yeah, it's if you want an experience, go to the big city and take public transit. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. You, if, you, if you if you're bored and you've got a day that you've got nothing to do. <laughs> and you want to see some shit you've never seen before. Get on the red line and ride it all the way down to the end. And then ride it all the way up to the end on the north side. And you will, I guarantee you, if that's the way you spend your day, you will see at least three things you've never seen before <laughs> and no, none of them pleasant none of them pleasant but you will see three things that you've never seen before and never even considered as an option so, and and some of it might be fucking scary so bring yeah, your pepper right, spray yeah yeah right bring your yeah bring your pepper Definitely. spray <laughs> and your running shoes and your running shoes and maybe yeah. maybe a blunt weapon of some sort maybe yeah all right i i'm this is a joke, people. Please do not yeah, do don't, this. Please, yeah, don't, <laughs> don't, don't, don't go onto the CTA loaded for bear. <laughs> don't do that. Don't spray mace on the CTA. Mm-hmm. Don't carry blunt weapons with you anywhere. No. Don't, 
just don't do it. Yeah. But, but yeah, if, <laughs> if you're, if, if you literally got nothing better to do, you know, ride, ride the red line from Howard down to 95th and then back up to Howard. Mm. And Maybe. you'll, you will see some shit. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Like it, it, you will, like on top of seeing things you've never seen before, you will see some literal shit. You will see <laughs> literal shit happen. Actual poo. Yeah. 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 If you're a writer and you're looking for inspiration, right back. Uh, there you go. There you go. Yeah. All right, brother. <laughs> yeah, we're going to wrap it up on that. We're, we're going to wrap on <laughs> you will see literal shit happen. There you go. Yes, we will uh, wrap on that only because uh, the whole world is pinging me right now. Something must be right. on fire. Uh, hopefully, it's, pro- <laughs> it's probably the bus. It's pro- <laughs> oh, well done, bro. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh. I got a crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the bus is on fire and now shit's happening. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm, I must be dehydrated or maybe that <sighs> joke really caught me by surprise. Oh, fuck. Oh, all right, brother. On, the, on that note, thank you so much for listening to the Flow Road Podcast. I am Ego Travez with my co-host, Dan. Not my cousin, Dan. Not I was going to... I was gonna, <laughs> you're going to... I was going to dox you again. You're Not dox. my cousin. <laughs> I, yeah, at this point, it probably doesn't matter. But Dobranos, cabrón. Dobranos. Hey, All right. We'll catch you later. The music you're listening to is called What Love Do by Dajan. And you can find that over at Epidemic Sound. The music you're listening to is titled What Love Do by Dajan. And you can find that over at Epidemic Sound. And should you decide to go over to Epidemic Sound for a subscription for royalty-free music, make sure you click on my referral link in the description so that they know that I sent you. I, I love it when we do these deep breakdowns. The, the movies of Stephen Chow, they're all comedies. They're not a big deal, but maybe they are. Maybe these movies do mean something. Maybe that's why they speak to us. Anyway, I hope you like the show. And if you want more, make sure you head on over to our website, theflowrollpodcast.com. There you'll find a complete catalog of more of this kind of stuff and the store where you can purchase some merchandise and rep the podcast. Now, if you want to look for me on Instagram, you can find me under the name Edgar Otraves, all one word. And you can follow the show on Instagram as well under the name The Flow Roll. And of course, don't forget to follow my friend, not my cousin Dan, under the name Dantastic Sizzler. Make sure you like, subscribe, comment, and share wherever you get your podcast at and press all the buttons that make the podcast gods happy. Now, thank you so much for listening. This is Ergo Traves. We will catch you next time. Behave yourselves. Laters. <laughs> <laughs>